call is now being recorded. We are SC Podcast. Gary Pasquitz joined by Randy Taylor. And, uh, Randy, it is the start of the spring evaluation period, and uh, we're going to hit on that hard because the, uh, the impact of the early visits and how that kind of impacts things and uh, how you would approach that. But want to get things started here. It's uh, been a couple weeks since we did a podcast, uh, and in that time the Trojans got a verbal commit from uh, a, a wide receiver, a familiar name from the last recruiting class, the, uh, Manure McLean from Jay Sarah, the brother of Abdul Belief McLean, had an outside linebacker who came in with the Trojans last class. But just want to get your thoughts on Manure. He's a guy who uh, has size, has speed, uh, but a bit of an unknown quantity because he was hurt the last half of last year. Yeah, I, I uh, thanks for having me again. I, I think uh, Munir is is a kind of a hybrid uh, to me. He's a wide receiver, but he's going to get bigger. Uh, he'll get bigger, stronger, faster, as they say. He could play H or tight end or or a lot of different positions on the offensive side of the ball. I think so. I, I think he is a guy that uh, I don't think you you stay away from other top receivers. We kind of talked a little bit about that already, and we can finish that conversation because there's a lot of really good ones. Right. But I think because he does have some versatility, uh, you know, and I still believe you take the best take the best players in a lot of a lot of cases. You know, you fill needs, but but sometimes that second ranked defensive tackle may not be as as uh, valuable to you as as an extra, you know, touchdown making wide receiver or H back. You know, so you got to weigh out all those different numbers and how many kids you're, you're going to bring in or have that scholarships for. So, but, but this kid is, uh, you know, he just has a great body, uses his length well. He's a physical receiver, just going to be tough to cover. And, and like I said, he's, he's a versatile kid that could play, uh, along the, the line of scrimmage or as a, as a slot or a wing or, or whatever you wanted to make him. The, the thing that really jumps out to me about what you're saying, saying I look at his size, and I look at a lot of the size of the receivers USC seems to be going after right now. Yeah, there's always going to be an Amon Ross St. Brown or a, a Micah Pittman in that mix. But, boy, it sure seems like the guys that they are majority getting right now is they are targeting guys in that 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", range. Yeah, and I think, I mean, you, you, you look at a Devin Williams, uh, he, he'll not be uh, McLean. I mean, he doesn't have the ability to carry the weight that I think McLean does. So even though they have height, I think body types are, are also important in this. And so, uh, you know, the, there's – I guess if you could break, like you have offensive line, five different positions uh, as receivers, you, you can, you know, really get three or four or five different positions there as well. So uh, I think sometimes you look at that and – and it's really hard to pass up guys who uh, have great athleticism and 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 skill and size, uh, no matter no matter what position they are. So, uh, you know, just uh, load them up and unleash the Dobermans. <laughs> and it was interesting at uh, the USC spring ball sessions. Devin Williams came down quite a bit, and uh, he was the guy when he walked on the field. You heard people saying, you know, okay, who's that? Boy, that's a big one right there. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I got a, I have a, 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 a sleeper for you. I don't know if he's a sleeper, but uh, this is this this year's, uh, maybe this year's Devin Williams. I saw this okay. past Sunday. A uh, kid named Drake London. Oh, <laughs> you say that? Yeah, Moore yeah. Park. He's at Moore Park High School, about six four, hundred ninety two hundred pounds. Uh, I think he is going to be a guy that will jump up just like Devin did on everybody's radar this uh, spring, summer, and fall. It's interesting. Yeah, he's got his SC offer, and that's a, that. That is a name that has been creeping up lately. Uh, yeah, mentioned by more and more people. So, and yeah. again, like you say, another guy with size popping uh, around in there. So, it's going to be interesting to see how many receivers the Trojans take this year, Randy, because. Um, Looking you at can't take ball, them all. You can't take them all, but there wasn't <laughs> quite the depth at receiver that you might have thought. You right. know, yeah, you had Pittman and Bonds there at the top, and you know Amon Ra's going to be there. Dallas yeah. Jones made a little bit of noise. Uh, Josh Immature Baby made a little. But other than that, you there's opportunity there to bring, you know, to bring in at least three in this class, I think. Uh, yeah, you could probably I, make I, an argument for a fourth. I absolutely agree, and uh, you know, if one of these, one or two of these guys blow up, uh, do they leave? You know, so you also I, have to be thinking about that. Oh, I think that's a definite possibility. Yeah, so that can yeah. increase the the need for numbers even more. Okay, yeah. let's uh, let's talk. It, it is the spring camp season, so I want to hit on a couple camps that have been held recently. Uh, the first one was the Polynesian Bowl camp. And that is for line, that's primarily for linemen, and it's been real interesting because I want to get your thoughts on this. The, the seven-on-seven scene has obviously been well-established over the last decade for the skill players. But what I like in recent years, and it really started, I think, with the PTP camps, uh, Jesse Sapolu has his camps, but it seems like these linemen camps, Randy, and, and you as a former offensive lineman, I know you appreciate mm-hmm. the chance to get out there yeah. and watch this, but it no just question. seems like these are these are really getting to be something that is of really value now to the linemen. Yeah, there's no question. I think the coaching these kids get at these different camps when you're talking about giant skills and PTP and Jesse and there's so many really good uh, line coaching going on out there. And then it makes sense just to turn that into competition to go along with the seven on seven. That, that, uh-huh. the Folly Bowl combine, their showcase had about, had well over 400 kids. Wow. And, and probably as many skilled players. And so what's happening is these these line coaches, uh, you know, they're going to be on a football field anyway. Might as well bring out some some skilled kids. And and they really had good coaches out there. They it was really well well done uh, event. Uh, but there were some really good linemen out there. And and uh, I think I'll just kind of go through some uh, that that we know about and maybe a couple of names that are. Uh, on the verge, but you know the kid from modern day, Miles Moreau. Uh, it, you know my my only concern. He's about six two, uh, but he looks like he continues to get bigger. Really, really talented kid. So uh, that that's a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, of course, we had uh, uh, Colepo was out there, uh, who to me in these in these kind of situations, he does what he has to do. Uh, there's not a lot of guys that can really compete with him on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball, so mm-hmm. it, it's uh, 
he, he sometimes has the, the tendency to let some of the other, the, the smaller guys, the, the not as uh, uh, talented kids, maybe do a little bit more against them than he would the other kids. So I, I, I noticed that watching him, and I don't really care about it in, in shorts, but um, he is just a dominant, huge kid. Uh, a couple other kids I liked. Uh, there was a kid, that, a sophomore at Orange Lutheran, Adrian Penna, who may, he's a little bit of a, he needs to be more of a bender, but he's got a chance because of his size, 6'5", 300. Kid out of Bishop Gorman, Bo Taylor, is in 11th grade, so he's a 2019 kid with some good size and did some nice things. I always like to throw in a young guy. Uh, keep an eye, Trojan fans, on Ryan Lang out of Pittsburgh High School. He's a ninth grader, 2021. 20, he's about a 6'5", kid, 300 pounds. And, and can move. So keep that name in your, uh, in your, you know, uh, pipe, yeah, when, 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 you're, when you're that size as a freshman, you're definitely going to keep it. Remember that name. Yeah, and he can move. You know, he's not a slow, uh, you know, the kind of, uh, uh, overweight kid. He's the kid that looks uh-huh. the part and can actually move around a little bit. So that was good. Uh, and there are other kids. Some... Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, it's having some good practice battles, I'm sure, with Jacob Bandis along the way. Yeah, no question. Yeah, and, and it's not like Pittsburgh doesn't have a bunch of guys to, to make them better. So, yes, they do. Yeah, that was that was kind of fun to watch. Uh, a couple other kids caught my eye, though, out there were, were not offensive linemen or even defensive linemen. Uh, the, the kid from Centennial Corona that uh, Tassivi uh, Namora, continues to impress me as you know he's kind of been playing safety for a long time he's about a six one or six two 200 pound kid that could be, end up being a linebacker uh he did some linebacker drills and, and looked the part uh one of the best looking kids out there was from pago pago in american samoa uh, leone high school kid and eddie siamau right uh, is an 11th grade, a 2019 kid, who really is a great-looking kid. Um, another kid I like from that camp, uh, uh, McNeil Afasi, who is a Kapolei High School out in uh, in Hawaii. He's another 2020 kid, a 6'5", 235-pound kid. So there were some really good-looking kids. Uh, overall, it was probably more numbers and great players but it was a first year event and i'm sure those guys will will get it but it was well coached too i i, I like that i i i just i like you starting off with miles moreau it just it seems like this kid uh really establishing himself as as an elite guy for you know going to be a junior next year look forward to seeing him uh seeing him for modern day can't wait for that modern day showcase on the 17th of may yeah uh, i'll be there that's going to be worth the price of admission to get out there and watch no, everyone they have. No question, absolutely. That, that uh, I'm looking forward to that too. There's a, and there's a lot of good showcases that are coming up in in May uh, with the great camps in June. So this is a good time of year to watch. A, a, you know, unfortunately, we're watching a lot of guys run around in shorts, but it's still uh, still uh, valuable information. I, 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 I think it is, and people always ask that. You and I have talked about it before, and you, you, you can get a certain base knowledge, you know, like you say, how a kid moves, how he looks, what the real size is. Um, mm-hmm. Let's uh, 
I want to talk about the Adidas camp, and that was chock full of, uh, of, of a lot of the usual suspects. But one guy I want to talk about right now, Randy, since we're going to segue after this into this early visit period, the spring evaluation period, Chris Steele from Bosco is a guy who's well-established. We've certainly talked about him as one of the elite corners in Southern California. But he is going – he moved up his announcement date to July 7th, and he is going to take his spring – all of his spring visits – and, and then do it now. So to me, this is the first really big time prospect that, that, that we're seeing in this first year of the early visits who's saying, I'm going to, I'm going to take my visits in spring. I'm going to announce in the summer. And, uh, and, and that's going to be that. I think it's going to end up being a trend. So let, let, let's just talk about Chris and what you've maybe seen in terms of him possibly being this, uh, a, a real kind of big time corner that SC could add as early as July. Well, well let me say this. I, I um, uh, of the mind that I'm not sure he's uh, uh, ultimately a corner. Um, I, I, before, I think he, yes. yeah, I think he'll be actually more uh, more successful as a safety because of some okay. of the things he bring brings to it. But you know, there are different defenses you can use physical uh, corners that don't have that ability to really, really flip those hips, you know, but like you do in, in off man or whatever it might be, but he could be a physical on man or, you know, man cover guy or in zone. And so there is a need for guys like that, but he, he's a talented guy. He's got range. He's, he's really one of those guys that you, you want to have on your program. Uh, and he's just going to continue to, cause you know, he's already running. Uh, running well, and and you know as they get into college, they get that, that bigger, stronger, faster. Really takes a, a step up. So his upside is terrific at a, at about six foot already, and and 180, 590 pounds, and and he'll just continue to to develop. So really love him as a uh, his upside. And he's taken. He's got trips upcoming. You know, the, the Florida. He's got LSU. He's got Oklahoma. A lot of chatter that the Sooners uh, making a hard run at him. Um, I just see him as a guy that that local guy. It just seems like there's a lot pointing toward SC, a lot of interest. He attended uh, several spring ball practices, so you know you never know what happens on these visits, and that's what I think is going to be interesting, Randy. And let, 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 let's segue right now and start talking about this. The different approaches that some people are taking, some college coaches are taking to bringing in visitors. Now, USC kind of had a unique situation this year. The Coliseum was not available due to the renovation that's going on. So they did not hold a true spring game. They held a regular practice on campus in the track stadium. So they did not emphasize, you know, let's bring in 50 official visitors like Alabama's bringing, you know, or or unofficial visitors. Let's bring in a big – I think Oregon's got like 20 kids, an impressive list. Uh, that's going to be on Oregon's campus this week. Oklahoma did it last week. What, what, what are your thoughts on, on on how you would approach that um, as far as trying to bring kids in for that spring game at the start of the spring evaluation period? Well, well I think a couple of things. One, I think USC is in a position of having a built-in advantage of being where they are. Uh, Oregon sure. needs to bring kids in. Alabama needs to bring kids in because they're not in a huge densely populated area with a whole bunch of great players. And so that's one thing. Uh, so I don't think it'll hurt SC as much as, as maybe it w- would, you know, Oregon or somebody. But now here's the thing. All spring and summer in the past years, these kids have been making trips, unofficial visits to all of these schools, right? Right. And, and, and in a lot of ways, 
uh, on the, in the gray area of being illegal because who takes them there? You know, is it a, a seven on seven guy? Is it a, you know, a guru or a friend or this or that? How do they get uh-huh. paid for to go to these different things? And so I, I really like the idea of, of uh, like a guy like Chris Steele can go visit Florida and it's not on his dime and his right. family, right. his parents can go with him. I, I think that is a huge, uh, benefit to this whole thing is to get some of the illegal uh, unofficial visit stuff out of it and, and the kids can visit the school if they want and not be sold to colleges by by you know me i'm always leery of that anyway so i, uh-huh. I really like that and, and and if it's me uh the speed of the game of the recruiting game is such that uh, i think that the sooner you can get them in and get them on campus uh, you know, and, and be one of those, cause you still only get five visits. So you gotta be one of those five. And so I think all of that leads me to really wanna have kids, uh, come as soon as possible. Now, what it doesn't do, it doesn't allow you to bring them to your game in the fall, uh, in a lot of cases. And so you gotta weigh the, the benefits of each, uh, these official visits in the, in the fall for home games. So, uh, I think all in all, it's a great experiment. I think it'll be a successful experiment, and I think it's definitely better for the athletes uh, to be able to have someone pay the bill for you to go across country to visit a school you're interested in right now. And I'll help I, I, heard, I heard someone bring up an interesting twist. If they're going to do it this way, to have the early, you can do some early visits in spring, but you can also do them in fall. But if the first signing period isn't until December, what about the twist of what would be wrong with if you want to, if you really want to get a look at school and there's a school that you want, you can take one visit in the spring and see it in a more relaxed atmosphere. But if you want to use another one of your five in the fall to see it in a game day atmosphere, that you could do that too. What would be wrong with taking two of your five visits to the same school? Well, I, I don't think it's set up that way. I think you, oh, it's not, I mean, it's not, yeah. the rules, right. But no, I don't, I don't know if that's a bad thing. I, I think, uh, I, I think that, I guess it's a good thing if somebody really likes a school, uh, you eliminate one other visit to another school. Right. Now, if you're going to change the rules, maybe you change it to, to two in the spring and five in the, in the, fall winter i mean i mean there's a so there's a lot of things that you can do to to adjust this uh um i kind of like the five visits uh i think um and and once to each school i I don't you know i think it's just a matter of how good you are with your on-campus uh recruiting visit and so Mm -hmm. um right now i'm kind of i like it the way it is but but you know I've been persuaded before. I think by you, too. <laughs> well, I, I think from what we can tell right now, it, it seems like USC, and kind of like you said, it's a, the built-in advantages you have of kids being able to take unofficial visits and with the camps. It doesn't sound like it's going to be a major point of emphasis to get guys in here for official visits in the spring. Clay Helton addressed it in a radio interview last week. He said, yeah, we'll have some time, you know, but – we're, we're, we're also out on the road, you know, we're out on, out on the road recruiting. We've got summer yeah. camps in, uh, in June. He goes, we'll, we'll, we'll have some couple weekends in there where we're bringing some kids in. 
but it doesn't sound like it's going to be a full bore, okay, this is really going to be a point of emphasis. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you this right now, Randy, with the way that Clay and his staff have managed recruiting classes and signing days and the early signing period right now, I, I, I'm sure putting a lot of stock in whatever approach they decide to take, uh, I just, I'm just interested in seeing how it goes. Yeah, no question. And and I think it, you know some are probably sitting back and 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 you know aren't jumping in full speed ahead because they they think they have the ability to uh, they have some patience and I think that's where a school like USC can be. Uh, you know, for a lot of those reasons, um, they may look at this and think, well, shoot, there's a lot of those kids that maybe we could have been in on and, and because we didn't get that early visit they might have made their mind up and and so you know just for like, like a guy with Chris Steele he's gonna make his mind up in July uh right which you know the definition of commitment comes into play but um I, I think that could also be uh a detriment you know he goes out to Florida or somebody somebody is in Arizona and goes to Texas and visits and falls in love and commits and never makes the trip to SC in the fall. So, I, right. so there's a lot of different ways to look at it. And, and it's never perfect. I mean, you got to make strategic decisions. And, and I think your point is great. I think that Clay and his staff have done a good job and, and have made good decisions. So let's, let's uh, rely on their, uh, uh, on their ability to do these things. Right. Just as, as your preference as a recruiting coordinator with these, uh, with the situation that's in place right now, uh, would you prefer to get the kid, like you say, get the kid on campus now and get that shot now, or do you like having that game day uh, experience, I, I, or do you wait I, till December? I think it depends on how good you are and how good your game day experience is. Uh, uh, I also think that if you're in uh, Minnesota, uh, you know, the spring is a really good time to bring kids in. <laughs> you know, you're saying that from instead of waiting, yeah, instead of waiting until December, you know. Uh, so I think all of those things get weighed into it. Uh, I I am uh, the other thing about the fall that I always don't like, but I know you, you have to over, you have to just get it done. Is is when you bring kids in during game week, uh, you're cutting into your own coaching of your 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 team. Uh, and concentration on your games, and, and that used to be a fight, uh, you know, 10 years ago of whether that was a good idea or not, and then it proved to be because somebody decided to go early and bring them in in December or, or you know, October or September and, and have them on official visits, and, and, uh, and then you're already way behind that other program. So, uh, they have, you know, there's a lot of reaction. Uh, to how successful others are going to be at it. I, I, and Clay Helton has been very specific about that. He does not like to bring in guys during the season for that exact reason. Hey, I, I got a, I got a team to coach. Yeah, yeah. I, I so got players spring, that, that deserve my attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 a lot of the talent because it's USC and it's it's in a place where the, the Western talent can come and visit an unofficial visit. Uh, easy enough, you know, as opposed to going cross country, you have the opportunity to get those kids to come unofficially to your games. And that's also a benefit of being USC. 
Well, and, and one one player I'll mention in terms of making unofficial visits up to spring ball practices is uh, Jonah Tahanu'u from Narbonne. Right. Um, right. If, if he's not really interested in USC, then he's wasting a lot of gas money up and down the 110 freeway uh, to come into practices because he was there all the time, uh, passes the eyeball test every time he walks on yeah. the field. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he's uh, – he would be a great get, and uh, yeah, these kids. Some some kids once in a while will go just because they've been invited. Uh, a lot of kids are. Most kids are kind of like, well, I don't need to go there again. I was just there. Now, uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, uh, some and then there's some who just like to be interviewed, and so they they go everywhere just to get their their face out. And so that, but but, but uh, I agree that that's a great sign, and and the the. The coaches recruiting against USC know it, and USC knows it. The kids coming yeah. all the time means something. Means a lot. And, and it's and it's not like Jonah. You know, he he shows up to every camp and combine too. Uh, yeah. So I I really like that about him. That that's a kid who's a highly ranked guy, but he's putting it out there and and he's showing up to all the things. So yeah, yeah, that's, he, uh, that's he, a good one right there. He'd be that guy that uh, you'd expect to. Uh, sign early in December and, and mm-hmm. a guy that, that if, you know, and I, I guarantee you, uh, you know, uh, Coach Udesi knows this kid, well, actually he's an old lineman, so I, drawing a blank on your old line coach, but, but your old line coach would have ne- a feeling. Neil Calloway, yeah. yeah. Exactly, Neil Calloway. Has a feeling, I'm sure, is this kid coming, and then you use him on your uh, official visits in the fall. So, uh-huh. He, you, you set his official visit with a bunch of other kids you want to, him to recruit for you and be a part of on that weekend. Uh, and then the rest you can come on unofficial visits to games. Uh, and that's the other way you learn more about him. Is he coming to your game, unofficial visit, or is he going across town or going to Cal or going somewhere else? So let me, let me throw this one at you. Just you, you, you kind of mentioned with Jonah, he is kind of a guy who's a, I don't want to say a Pied Piper of the other recruits, but there's always guys who are leaders in the class that emerge and guys who just kind of uh, other recruits rally around. How much does the, is, has that changed from maybe when you were a recruiting coordinator? I know you would always want to have guys who are already committed kind of lead the way and help get other kids. But with social media, with all these camps right now, how much can you help rely on kids who are already committed to go out and help recruit for your class? How much has that been reacting to that? Well, I think it's easy now, easier now, and I think so. That that's I think it's still the same benefit. I don't think that's changed. It's just easier for these kids to develop relationships uh, behind the scenes, you know, through direct message, through. Uh, whatever, you know, whatever social media they might be using, uh, it's easier for them to develop those close relationships across the country. Back in our day, shoot, you had to call them or email them. You right. know, and so, uh, I think the, uh, this is really, really beneficial. And, and I, you know, I remember we had a kid named Audia Tower, and he wasn't the, the elite player, he was just a kid from Claremont that decided he was going to get as many kids to come there. And he, on his own, called every kid and built this whole crew into the number one class of the nation. And, and I give him a great deal of credit for it. So 
that, that, and he's kind of applied those skills to his professional life, hasn't he? He sure has. You know, his, he, the guy that kind of put that uh, McGregor uh, uh, boxing match together uh, isn't bad, uh, you know, and, and doesn't have a bad career going. No, no, not at all. Not yeah. at all. Okay, well, hey, I appreciate your time, Randy. Any, any closing thoughts here as we uh, head out into the evaluation period? Well, I just think that uh, uh, the, the spring evaluation period, I think that, that whoever's listening that has a youngster that uh, uh, we'll call this part of the, the Taylor topics, right, whoever has a, a youngster or knows anybody, the most important thing for high school kids to be doing right now is make it easy for college coaches to recruit you. Get your unofficial transcripts to be available, your contact information, test scores. You know, that that's kind of one of the things that all of these kids, with college coaches coming onto campuses now uh, from now until the end of May, it really is important that these kids know that it's part of their job is to make it easy for coaches to learn about you. Uh, the other thing I'd like to add, coming up, you mentioned the camp season. Uh, one of the things that the, the folks here in California ought to do is that the prospects need to know which small colleges, which Division three, Division two programs in the state are hosting camps with the Oregons of the world. Like Redlands does a great job. They have like six to eight camps during June that – Oregon, Washington, Washington State, Colorado, Arizona State, and on and on and on. These schools, along with FCS programs and, and you know, the Boise States of the world and the Fresno States of the world, all attend. And and it's always key to be in front of coaches. You know, I, I always say don't go to a camp unless there's college coaches there. That, that uh-huh. seems to be, a, be, be good advice because that's how you're going to be getting a scholarship or being noticed or or told that you need to play at a different level too so all of that benefits you so th- those are kind of my with the season with the, the spring eval and the and the camp season coming up those are probably some of the best advice i could give that i i think could help kids uh, in the recruiting process and i'll echo your thoughts on uh, the ability to go and uh do a camp in front of a coach. If there's a school, a particular school you're interested in, a particular school that you think is within your reach or what have you, my gosh, the opportunity to go and, and work out and do a camp in front of those coaches, how could you have a better opportunity? That, yeah, it, it absolutely. And, and, and get the coaching. You know, you got some really, really great football coaches who are going to help you in some drills and, and maybe make you a better uh, linebacker or quarterback or whatever the heck it mm-hmm. might be. So, uh, and then it's just such a great, you know, camaraderie thing, meeting other players, test yourself against other athletes. And so it's, it, there's really nothing bad that can come out of these camps. Uh, uh, and, and I would say this, most kids probably get eliminated by, uh, an Oregon at these camps or whatever those divisions, but they also realize that, well, you know what, maybe we could play. Uh, I thought I was an Oregon guy, but maybe I need to go to Eastern Washington or or Fresno or whatever it might be. So, mm-hmm. all there's so many benefits to it. 
let's end this. You talked about telling a recruit, make sure you're getting out there and doing the proper things. Give three or four bullet points that a recruit should do. Obviously, getting in touch with you guys, I think what National Preps provides is such a great service because the coaches trust you guys. There's not a lot of guys out there that they do. Um, yeah. Your evaluations yeah. mean something from your perspective. What else can they be doing? Get, get in your database. What, what should they have on their Twitter, their HUD? What, what information should be out there? Well, I, I think it's, it's simple. If you go to a, a college site and you look at their questionnaire, right, and, and mm-hmm. you're going to have height, weight, uh, your name, parents' information, phone numbers, all of your contact information. College coaches need to have all of that to be able to reach you, your parents, your whatever it might be. I think that's really, really important. Uh, I, I think your uh, uh, academic information is is maybe more important because coaches can make a decision, you know, can I really recruit this guy? And so that academic information. And then anything else that promotes you. You know, if you're a, a coaches don't really go for stats as much, uh, unless you're just so productive. You know, you're a 3,000 yard rusher. Uh, that's an important stat. I'm going to so pay I attention. Think, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think putting things out there that, that make you look as good as possible to the college coach is really important. And there's no benefit to, to hiding any of that information because the coaches are going to figure it out. If you're six one, you put six three. You know, we watch a little bit of video. We're going to know you're. You've told us a, a little bit of that white lie. So yeah. uh, those are kind of the things I would do: is just uh, look at a questionnaire, uh, make sure your huddle. The other thing is, and then and I that should be one of my top ones. Really make sure that your huddle video is done well and is up to date and pin the most recent video. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Think about your huddle video as how, what is a coach going to like? You know, when, when a college coach watches my video, what's he looking for? You know, I don't need slow motion. I don't need plays where you, you, uh, run downfield and blindside some kid and knock him down. That that doesn't tell me you're a football player. That tells me you had a great opportunity to knock somebody down. And so, you know, really look at it. What is a college coach wanting to see? You know, my effort, that motor thing we talk about, the flexibility, the change of direction, the the ball-catching skills, you know. If you're doing a highlight film and you're a receiver, I don't want you – you might make a touchdown catch, but if you catch it against your body and don't put your hands out and catch with your hands, coaches, it's not a big deal to a coach, you know. And so think about those kind of things. So all that, making it easy for coaches uh, and all of those bullet points in that, I think, are really important. That's good stuff from uh, from a guy who has been in that recruiting office, without a doubt. All right, Randy. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you out there this next month. Uh, like you say, some of these showcases, I'll see you at Modern Day. I'll probably see you at Bosco and, I bet and you do. plenty of other ones. But, 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 but this is our fun time of the year. So appreciate the time as it. always. All right, Gary. Thanks, okay, everybody. For Thanks. Randy, I appreciate everything. I uh, appreciate you. For Randy Taylor, this is Gary Pasquitz. You're listening to the We Are SE Podcast.